House, it's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's your host. It's Old Walls, the hostess with the mostest. Back again. Old Walls House number 41. We're trucking right along. We're keeping this thing going. NFL season, college football season, baseball. It's all been awesome. So we got a fun, fun, fun show coming up. Before we get there, let's do that housekeeping. As always, guys, thank you so much. You know, I appreciate you. We've added some listeners in some new countries, apparently. I believe, as I'm looking at I think Hungary, we added a new listener to Switzerland, Slovakia, and Turkey. All are new, new spots that popped up on the analytics. Someone in Germany keeps listening. Whoever is listening in Germany, can you send me an email? Oldwallshouse at gmail.com. Just want to know how you found it, because the listens from Germany keep going up each week. And I don't, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, oldwallshouse at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know how you found it. But housekeeping. If you guys know the deal. If you could rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Let somebody know about it. It's all very much appreciated. So coming up this week, we got uh, NFL talk. We're going to lead with that. Then we're going to go to college football. Got some baseball to talk about. There's some fights that happened. UFC is coming up. So, good stuff coming, and as always, you know, you get my passing thoughts at the end. So, without any more further ado, let's get to it. It might be time to panic in Green Bay. It might be time to panic in Green Bay. Back-to-back losses now. The collapse over in London against the Giants last week, and just a thorough beatdown from the New York football Jets this week. 27-10 win for the Jets. In thinking about what I was going to say in talking about the, the Packers this week, these are the thoughts that came to my mind. The Packers suck. Their line sucks. Their receivers suck. A.J. Dillon sucks. Rodgers sucks. That's what I came up with. Sucks. A lot of sucking. Aaron Jones has been a bright spot, but not this week. It also feels like they weren't really going to him. Maybe it was the Jets preventing them from that, but nine runs is all they got, Aaron Jones. I don't know how many receptions he had. He got a couple, I think. But, I mean, he feels like he should be a 25-touch guy. I just don't know if that's happening. The line looked awful. Awful. I and The line hadn't been the biggest problem, but that was pathetic. Aaron Jones did have three receptions. So 12 touches. 12 touches. Probably had a target or two more. The receivers are bad. We've known that. They can't get any separation. Cobb gets hurt, so they're already short because Christian Watson's out starting the game. Lazard looks good. I still don't think he's a number one receiver is the problem. Robert Tunyon got a lot of touch. Got 10 catches, but that was like safety valve dump-offs. AJ Dillon is just—I don't—he's just—I thought he was really taking a step in in the right direction last year and was really moving forward. And I, I've really had—I feel like I'm on a roller coaster of emotions with what I felt about him from the time he was drafted. Just I didn't get it, and then last year it was starting to make sense, and this year he hasn't really figured it out. Rogers just wasn't good. He was 26 of 41 for 246 and a touchdown, but I don't know. It just. He missed throws. He was making throws that, hey, they were just a little off, but they weren't Aaron Rodgers-esque. The defense has been solid. Um, Not maybe all they were cracked up to be, though. And it's kind of been a different thing every week. Like this week, they're just getting gashed by the run. Jets rushed for 176 yards. I just don't know where they're going to find offensive production. And if you look back, they've scored seven points against the Vikings. They scored 27 against the Bears. 14 against 
the Bucks, 27 against the Patriots, 22 against the Giants, and then 10 this week. So three times already, they've been held to 14 or less points. Have not eclipsed 30 at all. I mean, I didn't think this was going to be a fantastic offense, but God, you had to think they were going to do something. And if the offense isn't going to put together sustained drives to either go kick a field goal or at least keep the defense off the field for a bit, the defense is going to be even more taxed than normal. I don't know what the solution is, and I'm worried, man. I'm worried. I'm panicking. It's a full-on panic in Green Bay, in my opinion. Rodgers is saying the right stuff still. He's like, oh, we just need to simplify the offense. I mean, you guys can't even run the offense? And I don't know if it gets better. Because if you look at the Packers' schedule coming up, this was kind of, you know, their easier part of the schedule, if you, like, look at it now. They'll get the Commanders next week. That's a game they have to win. If the Packers don't win against the Commanders next week, blow it all up right now. But after that, you got the Bills. Then you got the Lions. Okay, so you could The Bills are going to fucking throttle them. In Buffalo, Sunday night football. One bad thing's going to happen, and the Packers are going to fucking curl up in the goddamn fetal position. So then there's the Lions. Okay, so there's two wins. I said they might... Like, looking at the schedule, there's maybe six wins left in the year. They've got the Commanders, the Lions. They got the Bears again. There's three. There's three. Other winnable games. The Dolphins? Sorry, they've got the Lions twice. So there's four. So five. I'm I'm at five. So, Commanders, there's a win. You should win that game. Bills, no chance. Lions should win that. That's two. Cowboys, they're hosting, maybe. Titans, Hosting on Thursday. Maybe. Okay, call it three with the Titans there. Eagles, no chance. Bears, okay, four. Rams, hosting, maybe. Cold weather, maybe. Dolphins, Christmas Day in there. Some you know, Call it five, one of those. They're not beating the Vikings again. And then the Lions to end this year, six. That's six wins. That's nine and eight. That's not good. And that's being pretty optimistic. It could be worse. It could be worse. Like, they could not beat the Rams. They could not beat the Dolphins. And they could not beat the Titans. This seems in serious jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And all the years of just relying on Devontae Adams to bail this offense out. And then he opens up the field for everybody. And just the lack of giving a shit about, and maybe hey, maybe there wasn't much they could do. Maybe they tried to go get some people and they couldn't. But just not replace him. Just roll into the season with Aaron Lazard. I mean, Alan Lazard as number one wide receiver just wasn't a good idea. I've been saying it. Everybody's been saying like that's not a surprise. We didn't get to this year and be like, oh shit, the Packers wide receivers suck. What a surprise! No, everyone fucking knew that was gonna happen. There's a rebuild coming for this team. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they figure it out. Hey, maybe they figure it out. Maybe we get the old Aaron Rodgers relax. He comes back out. He starts slinging it. But I don't know, man. I'm worried. I'm worried. I don't have good vibes for the rest of the season. Let's just put it that way. I think that's about all I got. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the fucking Packers, man. Let's talk about the rest of the NFL. Another fun week, as usual. Thursday night. Not fun for three quarters, though. The uh, the end of that game was fun. Fields driving it down. Gets him to the goal line with 50 seconds. You think they're going to win. And Darnell Mooney catches it. Has it across, but doesn't have the ball. And then it falls short. That was The, the ending was good. It was a rough game otherwise. So I, I kind of broke this out. And this is how I was going to look at it. There's like, I got teams plugging along. I got a little different categories for teams I've been thinking of here. Teams plugging along. The Vikings and the Giants, they're both 5-1. and one, But I can't get behind either of them yet. More the Vikings than the Giants. I trust Cousins a little bit more than I trust Daniel Jones. 
But still, 5-1. and one. Results are results. Those two teams are winning. I think the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Eagles, that's the creme de la creme. That's the cream rising to the top. You know, the Bills get a great win over the Chiefs. Eagles get a good win over the Cowboys. I know Cooper Rush played like shit. I think, while we're talking about that, we're just going to mention this now. I had penciled this in for just a smidge after, but he had, this stat line was awesome. Did I delete the picture? Where'd it go? There it is. Cooper Rush, first half yesterday, he had a passer rating of one. Lowest passer rating in a half with 15 plus attempts since Peyton Manning in 2015. And I believe Peyton Manning's neck in 2015 was, you know, put together like a stick figure. If he would have just gotten hit one, like, would have been it. So, yeah, not good. I mean, their defense helped cause that, but Cooper Rush has played bad. I think that's going to eliminate whatever idiots were like, ooh, could be a quarterback controversy. Great for Dak. He's going to slide right back in. He's going to play the Lions, probably light it up. Cowboys, I think the Cowboys will be all right, too. Tons of three and three teams. Just absolute tons of three and three teams. I mean, you start to, you start looking around the league. You're talking about some real teams. It's like, where are all these people going? Dolphins and Patriots. Ravens and Bengals. You got the Titans who are three and two. They're playing tonight, I believe. Right? No, no, no. Sorry. The Titans are off. I apologize. The Monday night game is the Chargers and the Broncos. Titans were uh bye week. First bye weeks were this week. Colts are 3-2-1, and one, kind of like snuck in there. Chargers are 3-2. and two. Then you go over to the NFC, some other, you know, some other teams. Cowboys 4-2. Like, I kind of count them in this like 3-3, three 4-2 three, thing. Packers are 3-3. Three and three. I don't think they're going anywhere. The Bucs are 3-3 three and three with the Falcons. The Bucs have looked a little suspect lately. And then the NFC West, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, all 3-3. Three and three. So there's a bunch of that. I mentioned, you know, the big dogs, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles. And let's talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. These two teams have played a ton lately. I forget what the stats were. You guys probably heard it. But let's just take a second and sit back and enjoy this. Like, you, this is kind of that once-in-a-generation, you know, kind of thing. We had Brady and Manning. You know, you go back in the 90s. You get the Niners and the Cowboys. You know, you talk basketball. You got, you know... The Bulls going up against the Pistons. You get the Bulls and, you know, you get the, you know, Pacers and the Heat. You get all these great rivalries in sports just for these. And and it's not long, man. It's a few years. And football especially is kind of this way. Just, let's just enjoy the shit out of these awesome games we keep getting from the Bills and the Chiefs. Because, man, oh, man, do they deliver. It's a great rivalry. Two great quarterbacks. Maybe the two best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, I think they're probably the two with the most promise going forward. So just just let's enjoy that. Let's just enjoy that. My whole overarching sentiment of all of this, like, since I started talking about the teams is the NFL is awesome again this year. There's a ton of parity. There's a few good teams at the top. There's a couple teams up at the top that we aren't quite sure of, but I think we are. Like, I think they're good. It's awesome. It's great again. I love it. Oh, one last little tidbit. Before we move on to kind of some news and notes here, Jordan Poyer, the safety for the Bills, was not medically cleared to fly because he has a rib injury. So he drove to Kansas City to play in the game. That's awesome. That's a baller. Love it. Couple of uh, news and notes. Earlier today, Robbie Anderson, I saw, is getting traded to the cards, which brings me to the cards. It has come up that Cliff Kingsbury, the you know, the rumors are starting to fly. The two and uh, four Cardinals, that Cliff Kingsbury is now on the uh, on the hot seat. And I got thinking about this. I didn't realize he'd been in Arizona for as long as he had now. This is his fourth year in Arizona. He's had one winning record. 5 and 10, 8 and 8, 11 and 6 last year. They lose in the wild card. And 2 and 4 this year. And I remember when he got hired, I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting hire." You look back at his career record, you know, he was I was like, "I can remember that." Scuttlebutt. He in his what was it, 6 years at Texas Tech only had two winning seasons, 8 and 5 his first year, which I believe is the year he had Pat Mahomes. 
And then in 2015, he goes 7-6. and six. When did he have Pat Mahomes? That's a good question. I'm going to figure that out. But it all kind of comes down. It's like, well, no shit he's on the hot seat. He lives on the hot seat. I don't know why this was, you know, so crazy. Oh, sorry. Pat Mahomes didn't get drafted until 2017. He was at Texas Tech 14, 15, and 16. In those years, they went 4 and 8, 7 and 6, 5 and 7. And the quarterback whisperer himself could not, he could only have one winning season with Pat Mahomes. I can't say I'm surprised. I can't say I'm surprised. I, I didn't realize how bad it was like look, until I started looking back. But I remember at the time I was like, why, why are we making such a big fuss about this dude? And there was a big fuss made about him. So, interesting. Oh, I think that's all I got for NFL this week. We'll, uh, we'll be back to cover the Packers debacle next week with the, uh, in the NFL, I'm sure. So let's move, uh, let's move on. Monday, Monday, Monday night football. The Chargers pick up a, uh, a nice little win, a little fumbled punt by the, uh, by the Broncos towards the end of overtime. And the Chargers are able to send their injured kicker out there to secure the win. And I don't know what injury he had, but he was injured. And he wanted to make sure everybody knew. Hey, maybe he's really injured that bad. But my God, my man was milking it. Milking it, milking it, milking it. That was a big win by the Chargers, though. They, I believe, they are now in sole possession of first place in their division. No, sorry, sorry. They're with the Chiefs. I'm an idiot. But keep up with the Chiefs, both 4-2, and two, so big win for them there. Let's see what we like next week. Any games I like next week. The Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees also were delayed last night. So we'll see how that plays out. Tuesday, today, as I'm recording this, Tuesday morning. Let's see. Let's see what we like for NFL games next week. Give you some picks. Give you some picks. The Giants are getting three against Jacksonville. That seems like a trap, but I'll take it. Giants getting three. Cowboys giving seven. Keep an eye on that. If that line gets lower, I think the Cowboys cover that pretty easy. Falcons giving six to the Bengals. Keep an eye on that one. If that one goes up, I like the Falcons in a close game. Chiefs minus three at San Francisco. I like that. If it gets below three, hammer it. So there you go. That's what I got. All right. Moving on to college football. Let's start with a recap of Clarkie's corner. So last week, Clarkie went with NC State, Kentucky, Miami of Ohio, and Washington State. NC State is a loser. I disagreed with NC State. I went with the Cuse, the Syracuse, the Orange. They held it down in the big house. 24-9 win for the Cuse. That's one win for Old Walls and one loss for Clarkie. I tailed him on everything else. Another win at with Kentucky. They were getting seven. Ends up winning outright by ten. Uh, I went with them on Miami of Ohio as well. They were minus six and a half favorites. They end up losing 17-13 uh, to 13 to Bowling Green. And Washington State were getting three points. And they get kind of drubbed by Oregon State. 24 to 10. So Clarky goes one and three. Old Walls goes two and two. Clarky on the year now 15, 16, and one. Old Walls 19, 12, and one. This week, he likes Mississippi State getting 21 at Bam playing Bama. He likes Oklahoma State plus six, Texas. He also likes that uh, for a little money line upset. He likes Ohio plus two and a half. Uh, against Northern Illinois. He said maybe dabble on the money line there. And then BYU minus 6.5 against Liberty. I will only differ on Bama. I will take Bama. I will lay the points, see if they can come back off that loss and uh, you know put a hurting on somebody. Speaks of, speaking of losses and hurting, Penn State. I made my plea. I made my impassioned plea. Be better than Michigan. Can't be better than Ohio State, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can be better than Michigan. No, no, you can't. That's just a different football team, man. There's there's levels. There's levels in everything. And Penn State is not on the level of Michigan either. 
They're not on the level of Ohio State, and they're not on the level of Michigan. And they went to the big house and got their ever-loving asses kicked from start to finish outside of a couple fluky minutes where, goddamn, did you know you get that little feeling. And then you realized, you looked at the stats, and you're like, ooh, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna happen. This isn't gonna go well. But then they came out of half. They had a drive. They kicked a field goal. They took the lead. And you're like, eh, got brought back to reality real fast. Now, there's, and I'm not even gonna go with the, uh, the Fire Franklin angle here. I mean, I, he could have coached a perfect game, and there was no fucking chance. Michigan ran for 418 yards. 418. They absolutely dominated the trenches. Michigan's offensive and defensive lines were so much better than Penn State, it wasn't even funny. It was like watching, I don't know, high schoolers play kindergartners. It was mind-blowing how much better they were. Again, I think Penn State got overinflated. I said it at the start of the year. I was like, they're going to win six games probably, and they're going to go to Michigan, and then there's going to be a three- to four-week stretch where we're going to find out what they're really about. We're going to find out what they're... We're in the... We're in the we fucked around, and now we're finding out. So, yeah, this, I don't know. It's, it's tough to get that upset. Like, it, they're just so much better of a team. So, now, looking looking ahead... 10 and 12 is still 10 and sorry not 10 and 12. 10 and 2 is still doable for Penn State. Got Minnesota at home this coming week. Night game, white out. Minnesota's solid. But like that's the like if you're good I think this is going to be like where we really find out. Cuz if you look at their schedule moving forward, there's two real tough games and they're the next two weeks. Both at home, Minnesota in the in the white out game and then they got Ohio State coming to town. They have to play that game at noon because Fox has it. After that, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of meat left on the bone. There's Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, and then Michigan State at the end of the year. Who's three and four this year? Rutgers is three and three. Like again, nothing. Maryland's five and two. Actually, Maryland's decent, perhaps. But still, those are games. If you you know. Aspire to be in the top half of the Big Ten. You win those games. So 10-2 and two I think is doable. I think if they struggle with Minnesota at home in the whiteout, eh, you know, maybe the old uh, Fire Franklin term might come out. But just go 10-2. Go and, and it's probably it's probably their spot. Like, that's probably what happens. That's probably where they're. I don't know how they're going to do the divisions moving forward in the Big Ten with the, uh, with the Pac-12 schools coming in. Maybe just maybe they could get out of the division with both Michigan and Ohio State. And I don't see how because they have to split east and west. They're the farthest east team outside of Rutgers in Maryland. And they're adding two teams from the west. So there would have to be some real all sorts of, you know, re redistricting. But shoot, now if you go to the other way, you're going to get in there with USC maybe. And USC with, uh, with what's-his-face looks pretty solid. So who knows? Uh, so... I, I mentioned it right off the start. Saturday was an all-time sports day. I'm, this probably won't be the last time I say it. What a day, man. The football was great. So let's talk about the football. Tennessee-Bama, is that game of the year? Oklahoma State-TSU? TCU, sorry. Is that game of the year? I mean, Bama. Tennessee takes down Bama, then they get the goalpost down quickly thereafter. What a fun game. That field goal going in, spinning sideways. I was like, oh, man, this thing's going to be 40 yards short. Nah, I went in. Oklahoma State TCU was great. U- Utah. Spoiling the aforementioned USC's perfect season. They go for it on two. They go for two at the end of the game to win. I love it. There's some fun games to watch coming up, too, this week. Cuse going to Clemson. They're going to find out, too. <laughs> now they really find out. I uh, I favor Clemson in that football game. What's the line on that? Probably not enough. If I had to guess. If I had to guess, that line probably is not enough. Week 8, please. 
13 and a half. Yeah, lay those points. Lay them. Clemson will win that game by two touchdowns. UCLA, they're still undefeated. Oregon, just one loss. Good game. Couple of bounce back games. Texas, Oklahoma State. Can Oklahoma State bounce back? Or is Texas, are they back? Is Texas back? You know, two losses already for Texas, but, you know, a third could be debilitating, maybe. But a, a big win in Oklahoma State. Like, Gundy's a man. He's like 50 now. Then Mississippi State at Alabama, I said earlier in the, the pick section, I think Alabama, in Alabama, handles Mississippi State. They handle their business. They win by three touchdowns or more. I said that. I'm laying the 21. I, I'm going to stick with it. Teams, uh, you know, there was a lot of scoring in that Alabama-Tennessee game. You know what team struggles to score the football? Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Where is this picture? Here we go. I don't know when this was, but apparently this was how Iowa (laughs) went through a stretch of time. They punted from their own 16. They recovered a muffed punt at the Illinois 35. Three plays, negative six yards. So three plays later, after the muff punt, they lost six yards. They punted again. Then they forced a fumble, recovered it at the five-yard line. Their next four plays, somehow they went four plays. That doesn't make sense because they went four plays and lost four yards. Maybe there was a, maybe there was a penalty in there. And then they kicked a field goal. So this dude said they had a 15-play, minus 10-yard, 76-punt-yard field goal drive. Man, Iowa just struggles to score the football. Well, that's all I got for the college football weekend. Let's keep her moving. We're going to talk some baseball again. Because the Cleveland Guardians, they're still going, man. They're still going. They've got the Yankees tonight. Short down, short, short, short down. Shortly, the countdown is on. The game's just around the corner here. And man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. The last, you know, the game last night, Sunday night, that was, you know, a little heartbreaking. Yankees jumped out early, got some early runs again against uh, Cal Quantrill. But the two games before, Saturday night's game, just as I said before, Saturday, what an awesome sports day. Before we get there, game Friday, game two, they're down 1-0. It's not looking good. You know, they've got Bieber going. They get down early. Real early, I think it was the first or second inning. Was it? Yeah, whatever. But then they get they get two. Two in the top of the tenth. Extra innings in New York. In the Yankee Stadium. The new Yankee Stadium. Man, what a fun game. And as much fun as that one was, Saturday night, they're down 5-3, to three, heading into the bottom of the ninth. Their last chance. They hit, I think it was five straight singles. May not have been five straight, five in the inning. And finally get get one at the end to, to send across two runners in what was an absolutely crucial game. I don't think, you know, it showed last night losing game four. They had Tristan McKenzie on the mound Saturday night. Obviously, their two best pitchers are, are Bieber and McKenzie. So you got to win with those guys. And that was the, the second part of that equation. So they go up 2-1. Gives them a little wiggle room. To, you know, hopefully, you're hoping to finish it off in game four in Cleveland. Now they got to go back to New York. I don't know shit about baseball. I just know you got to hit the ball. you got to hit the ball where the other people aren't standing. But yeah, five five singles in the ninth to score in that run. God, what a day Saturday was. I know I've said it before. I might even say it one more time. But imagine not liking sports and not watching sports. You don't even you didn't even know what you missed. Like what a day. What a day. Games have been fun. Games have been exciting as hell. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. Like I said, fair weather baseball fan. If Cleveland wins, I'm gonna keep watching, obviously. If Cleveland loses tonight, it's 50-50 if I watch more than three innings of any of the games remaining. The other games, though, I have kind of I've kind of kept 
I've thrown them on in the background. Like, they've been background noise for me. I was I did watch some of the Phillies game, I think Friday was the first, yeah, Friday was their first game in Philly, maybe? Man, that place looked electric. Place was popping. And the Phillies were hammering on the Braves, taking out the defending champs, and that place looked fun as hell. So, oh, back to the back to the uh, the Guardians and the Yankees. I don't know if anyone else has watched the series, but if you have, you've heard Bob Costa say about eighty-seven times, "Game five is going to be a bullpen game." Again, I'm an idiot when it comes to baseball, but I think what that means is that there's not they're not really relying on the starters. They're going to go to the bullpen early, and they're going to go to the bullpen often. I know, I think that the Cleveland didn't use Class A, who's like one of the best. Uh, closers in the league. They also didn't use some other good guy. And Bob Costas keeps telling me that in a in a bullpen game, you know, it's going to be a bullpen game. Game five is going to be a bullpen game. And in those bullpen games, Cleveland has the advantage. So hopefully that's a good sign. Hopefully it's a good sign that game five, a, a bullpen game, according to Bob Costas, I should have called E. should called E to let me know about this, but apparently game five's a bullpen game, and that is beneficial to Cleveland's pitching staff. So, elsewhere, elsewhere, the cheating Astros, they await the winner of the the Cleveland-New York series winner. And then over in the NL, I just mentioned the Phillies take out the defending champion Braves, and the Padres take out the L.A. Dodgers. I believe Ethan and I both thought the Dodgers were going to make it. Don't take my word for anything when it comes to baseball, but, you know, 112 wins or whatever. There's this weird, there's like this weird sentiment I think floating around. And there was this guy he tweeted. This is the weirdest tweet. 2022 National League season starts Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed the 162 game exhibition. Combined 3 and 10 record versus 89 and 87 win teams eliminates 111 win NL West champs, 101 win NL East champs and defending World Series champs. 93-win NL Central champs, 101-win NL East runner-up. Okay? Like, that's how the playoffs work, man. Like, did you guys like it better when it was just, you know, just the, you know, an ALCS and an NLCS? Would you have preferred that? Do you want to just do the pennant? And then the, those two play in the World Series? I don't know. Again, granted, I'm a Fairweather baseball fan. I'm just kind of... St- sliding back in because Cleveland's in it, but this playoffs has been fun as hell. I don't know. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. So, let's go Cleveland. See if they can, you know, find that magic one more time. See if they can find the magic one more time in the Big Apple. It's the time of year for Flyers updates. And I got a good Flyers update. We're going to start, we're starting the season off with a bang, just like the Philadelphia Flyers did. Two wins. Two wins to start the season. League leading, 2-0, Philadelphia Flyers. Two wins to start the year. Not going to take too much stock in a 5-2 win over the Devils because the Devils are god-awful and are going to be god-awful by all accounts. A lot of booing going on. Uh, Friend of the program, Deep Dish, big Flyers fan, or sorry, big Devils fan. He is not thrilled, not thrilled about the direction of the team. Uh, not happy with the coaching situation, so things are not good in New Jersey by all accounts. But so five two win over the Devils. Hey, win's a win, but let's not get carried away. They followed up. <clears throat> Excuse me, followed up with a three two win over the Vancouver Canucks. Now, hey, the Canucks, they're a decent team. They're decent. Forty thirty and twelve last year. So, hey. Not bad. Fifth, Good for fifth in the Pacific, so they're an okay team. They're not just a total bottom feeder. So maybe we maybe get a little excited. I mean, Jesus Christ. There are, I, I saw today on ESPN. It came out when I was eating my lunch. This, like, article, they're like, oh, everything's different in Philly. Tortorella, da, da. I'm like, holy shit, we're two games into the season. Maybe let's pump the brakes just a little bit. Pump them just a hair. So coming up, four games. In this coming week before I'll talk next about the Flyers. Four games. Oh. oh my. Three playoff teams from last year. 
one of which was the uh, runners-up in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's going to be Tuesday. They clocked 51 wins last year. Now a little Florida road trip. They're going back-to-backs. They're going Tuesday in Tampa Bay. I don't even know where the Panthers are. The Florida Panthers. I should know this. I don't. But yeah, heading over to the Florida Panthers. The best record, I believe, in the NHL last year, Am I not mis- if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct. They had the best regular season record in the NHL. 58 wins. 58 wins. 122 points. So that's going to be Wednesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday. Two really tough games. So that'll be fun. Then we're going back-to-back again on Saturday, Sunday, and both of those on the road. Florida's in Miami, okay. So Tampa Bay and Miami. Saturday, head to Nashville to take on the Predators. They were a playoff team last year. Got swept by the Avs, but the Avs went on the win. They had 45 wins last year. So those are not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. And then they have the San Jose Sharks. (laughs) <laughs> on home after a little three-game road trip on Sunday. Again, the Sharks not great, I mean, but not bad. Better than better than the Flyers were last year. So, could be an interesting stretch, you know? Long season, long season. We're only we got 80 to go. We got two down, 80 to go. But uh, you know, hey. Always good to have a little hope. A little hope. Sometimes it's the hope that kills you, but you know, it's good to have a little hope to start the season. We got a fight game update for this weekend. So a couple of boxing matches to talk about previously happened. A couple of hypotheticals to talk about. And hey, UFC, UFC, I believe 280, 280 coming your way this weekend. Well, afternoon UFC, that is. Afternoon. So the two, the two boxing matches that happened over the weekend. First, Devin Haney, unanimous decision over George Cambosis. I did not watch. I had no interest at all in staying up till 11 at night to watch Devin Haney and what I was expecting to be an absolute route again of George Cambosis. When I woke up the next morning and read through Twitter to see if there was anything I needed to go watch, it did not appear that way. I read through. It seemed that most people had a very wide score and that Devin Haney again handled, handled, handled George Cambosis. Devin Haney is at a different level of is a different level of a fighter than George Cambosis, and I watched that first fight, and I had a sneaky, sneaky feeling that the exact same thing was going to happen, and it did. George Cambosis had the right, you know, had the had the right fight at the right time against Tiafimo Lopez to win all those belts, but Devin Haney came in prepared. He came in with a game plan. He wasn't trying to knock George Cambosis out in one round, and he beat him soundly twice now. So I think we could probably close the book on George Cambosis. He'll get some fights, but he's not going to be a player. So the the big question for Devin Haney is where does he go from here? And, you know, the plan is Vasily Lomachenko early in 2023. But holy shit, if if you find it interesting at all, look up what Devin Haney looked like at the weigh-in before his fight with Cambosis, this most recent one. He looked super sucked down. Like, he looked sickly to get down to 135. He's a bigger dude for the weight class. And after seeing that picture, it's just like, holy shit. He didn't do something right getting down to it because he's never looked that bad. There have always been reports that it's a tough cut for him to get to 35, but that he can do it. And now as he's getting older, he's 23 or 24 now. That was that was That was bad looking. It's the it's the reason why people call for same day weigh ins for UFC and boxing is people are cutting too much weight and they're just dehydrating the shit out of themselves and it can lead to people getting hurt. So I don't know if he's still got it in him. There's probably a big payday for him to fight Vasily Lomachenko. They'll probably throw that one on pay per view and see if they can make some money off it. Gotta imagine he he wants to stay at 35 for that fight if they can make it happen. If he can't, there's good things up at 40. There's good people to fight, and it's probably one more fight at 35 and then up to 40. And if it weren't for Lomachenko, I don't think he'd be staying at 35 at all. 
because one good win against Lomachenko, I know Lomachenko's at kind of the end of his career, but that's a good name to put on the resume for Devin Haney because he's a phenomenal boxer and he's going to have success. But one more name, one big payday before he leaves 135 would probably be what he's looking for. Up in the heavyweights, Deontay Wilder returns to the ring. Pay-per-view against Robert Hellenius. On the undercard, Caleb Plant did knock out Anthony Dyrell, or the remains of Anthony Dyrell and his old ass. A fight that, again, I didn't watch this fight, wasn't staying up all night to to watch what I thought was Wilder's comeback against. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. I won't say I didn't think about it, because Deontay Wilder is fun to watch, and Caleb Plant being the co-main was actually a little appealing. I just thought both should handle their guys pretty easily. They did. Plant gets a big knockout over Darrell. He's right back in it at 168. And then Deontay Wilder gets a first-round KO over Robert Helanius. They had wanted to set up Deontay Wilder against Adam Kovnoski. Would have been a good payday for everybody. Guy draws a big crowd in Brooklyn. So that's what they were looking for. Helanius beats Kovnoski twice and kind of ruins that and works his way into the, the fight with Wilder. Wilder catches him coming into the corner with a big right hand right, and right on the nose and ends it in one. So uh, Wilder's back. I'm not putting a whole lot of weight in knocking out Robert Hellenius. He's been knocked out by a couple other guys before. The big question is what's next for Deontay Wilder? I don't think it's Joshua. It's not Usyk. It's not Fury again. We don't need to see Fury again at all. I would like to see Joshua again down the road. Or not again. I would like to see him and Joshua down the road sometime. But what's coming next is obviously him and Andy Ruiz, which I think is a fun fight, and I'll pay for that one. Like, I'll get it. I'll fork my money over for that one. I'm in. So be, I would assume they'll do that early 2023, somewhere between March and May. I would expect that to happen. So that will be a fun fight, I think. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. While we're still on boxing, couple of, a couple of fights getting kind of batted around. Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence is, by all accounts, a fucking disaster. They're like, oh, we're close, we're close. And they've been saying that for, fuck, two, three months now? And it's not close. It's still not close. There's talk of Crawford wants transparency because he's taking all, you know, back-end money on this and disaster. <clears throat> that fight should have happened two years ago, probably. I know the pandemic screwed up some of it but um yeah it's it's getting to the point where i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna be excited what happens but like you gotta get to it like i don't think either of them have a good option i mean i guess spence could go fight keith thurman could probably be a decent decent little payday for him there but who really cares what's keith, keith thurman hasn't fought in how long now so and what what crawford's gonna go fight virgil ortiz or boots boots ennis he doesn't want to do that for the you know, the risk is not worth the reward. They got to make this fight. Just get it done. Make it happen. By all accounts, it's getting pushed to 2023 now into January or February. So just figure it out. Another fight that apparently is coming to better, coming together better than ever expected. Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. There are obstacles upon obstacles upon obstacles on that one that I don't, I think we're going to get the same song and dance. It's close, it's close, it's close. And it's going to be, it'll be, who knows? Again, they're targeting early 2023 for this one. We'll see. I would not be surprised if we don't see that till fall of 2023. And they've got promoter issues. They've got network issues. They've got weight issues. So, who knows? Boxing, as usual, a shit show. UFC 280. We get the fights we want in UFC, ladies and gentlemen. We've got fights this weekend. Good, fun card. I've got picks for my brother. I'm going to start keeping track. I'm going to start keeping track starting this week. He likes in the fights. Ooh, here's everybody's favorite part. Old Walls Butcher's Names. In the first flight of the card, he likes... Actually, he liked a couple on the undercard, too, as well. Let me, let me pull that up. <clears throat> he likes Sean Brady and Nurgamedov on the undercard. Sean Brady is fighting Belil Muhammad and Mahmoud. Is he talking about Mahmoud? No, he's talking about Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov versus Godzi. Or I mean, why did they do it to me? Godzi Orm Omar Omar Godzif. So that's who he likes. 
God damn. Fucking people and their names. All right, on the main card, the women kick it off. Caitlin Ch- Chukugan? Chukagain? Against Manan Fiorat? He likes Manan Fiorat to take down Caitlin. Caitlin? We can just go with Caitlin. We're going to go with Caitlin. Yeah, but he likes Fiora. I'll roll with it. <clears throat> he said he likes underdogs. Four or five underdogs he picked. He likes Benil Dariush to win his matchup with Matsyev Gamrat. He likes Sugar Sean O'Malley to beat Peter Yan. He likes TJ Dillashaw to take down the champ, Algermain Sterling. I'm going to take Sterling there. I'm going to differ. And he likes Charles Oliveira to be Islam Makachev. Yeah, hard to bet against Oliveira. The dude just finds ways to win. The dude just finds ways to win. So, fun card. Should be a good one to watch. It's in the afternoon. Don't have to stay up till 1, 2 in the morning, which is always great news. So, yeah, so let's roll with it. Oliveira, Sterling, Sugar Sean, Benil Dariush, Manon Firiat for me, for my brother, Firiat, Danush, Sugar Sean, Dillashaw, Charles Oliveira. Time for these old passing thoughts. Did I mention Saturday was a hell of a sports day? But seriously, like, it's so awesome. And sports are so awesome. And watching sports are so awesome. And participating in sports are so awesome. Like, what do people do? And I know it's not for everybody. And I know. Like, I'm a freak. I watch sports all day. I don't have kids. So, like, I don't have to, like, I don't have any responsibilities in life. But my God, what, like, where, I don't know, the enjoyment, the love, the, you know, the pain, the heartache, the, just, the whole goddamn thing is so awesome. And it's just great. It's, I love sports and those days are magical. And just the thought of going through that and like, you know, another one of those days is out there again and they're never far away. Sundays are awesome for NFL and then you got Saturdays with baseball and football and you know, there's hockey and there'll be basketball. Like I love it. I just love every goddamn minute of it. I love every little bit of it. You know what I don't love? Bad haircuts. You know what I have? A bad haircut right now. I can make it look all right. As good as my hair looks, what little of it is left, you know, as it recedes, but is there, man, there's not many worse feelings than like, you know, for trivial shit, than getting a bad haircut. And I got a bad haircut. And I did, as it was going on, I was like, I shouldn't have done this. So what happened? I got a great place in town, in my hometown. Two wonderful ladies. One's the owner, one works there, you know, not as many hours. So I usually get the owner. Uh, but the other lady's awesome as well. Well, the owner's getting hand surgery. So she's out all month at recovery. The other lady, she's backed up. She's backed up till the end of the month. I was looking for a haircut last week. And she, I'm on the schedule for like October 31st. I just couldn't do it. My hair needed a cut. Usually I can get in in a couple days. I get impatient. I get impatient. I was like, I'm going to go down. One of those, you know, sport clip things. Don't do that. Just don't. Just wait. Figure something out. Because now I'll probably go again on the 31st. And get it fixed. And get it so it's right. Just, ah, I got such a great situation. Usually I call, they're like, I can get you in tomorrow. You know, they give me four or five times. When they're really busy, you know, I have to wait like two days. And it's awesome. I show up. I'm in, I, If you get there a little early, you usually get in early. She whips my hair. I, I got an easy haircut. She does it in about 10 minutes. She does it perfect. My main lady gets the, you know, the hot lather with the straight edge on your neck. Oh, it's perfect. Gosh. I shouldn't have gotten impatient. I shouldn't have gotten impatient. I just should have grown a flow. Maybe I should have grown a uh, grown a mullet. Never know. Never know. <laughs> yeah, I also had a great time. I wasn't watching sports. I was watching my friends play sports video games. We're in, uh, my friends and I, I think I mentioned, have a an online Madden franchise. And there was a matchup between two league members and they streamed it on Twitch. And I literally had it on my second TV. I was watching the baseball game Friday night and a Madden football game. The roommate thought I was in Banana Land. So, 
she she wasn't super pleased with that. Speaking of the roommate, she had a question, and I forgot to put it in, and it's too late now because I got to get this thing out. But she had a question what the best tailgate food was. And for me, for me, my favorite tailgate food, just give me some hot dogs and brats. Maybe a burger. But I like you know I like hot dogs and brats. Just throw especially a hot dog. I'm not a you know, brats I like, you know, onions and things like that. But even them, it's you know, a little onion, some mustard on a brat. I'm not a big mustard guy. And a hot dog, just throw some ketchup on it. Buns, meat, a couple condiments, you're good to go. I think that's key when discussing tailgate foods. You don't need a lot going on. Like burgers even, like, you know, I like a good burger with you know, a little lattice, a little onion, a little mayo on the bun, a little ketchup. And that gets to be a little much. That gets to be a little much. Hit me with a hot dog, some chips, maybe some potato salad. I could scoop that out of just, you know, pre-biased. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Because most times your tailgate setups, you know, you're set up in a parking lot. I've done burgers. Burgers aren't bad. Burgers aren't bad, but hot dogs, brats, those are the best. Things you can do easily that you don't have to require a lot of, you know, maintenance. Watch Hot Tub Time Machine for the first time this past weekend. That movie's pretty funny, Mooney. Mooney. Pretty funny movie. Excuse me. Yeah, pretty funny movie. I liked it. Got a good laugh out of it. There's something about watching movies for the first time. You know, I love rewatching certain movies, and, you know, you see them all the time, but just that feeling of watching a movie for the first time. I don't know. There's something about it. There's something about it. And there's something about watching a movie for the first time, not like a TV show. Cause like, you know what the movie you're like, this is happening. Like we're getting it TV show. And it, you know, as great as like game of Thrones and you know, house of the dragon and breaking bad and all that stuff. Like, you know, you're in it for the long haul. Like it could be years before you get like a full resolution, a movie, you know, you're sitting down, and somewhere between an hour and a half to two and a half hours, something's at. Like, you're getting your resolution. Also, from Hot Tub Time Machine, obviously, spoiler alert here, they go back to the 80s. I love me some 80s music. I don't know why. I, you know, not born in the 80s, but I just love it. I love 80s music. I think it's great. Speaking of other music, uh, Blink-182 is back. They got their regular, what is it, Tom Hoppus, I think. Their you know main lead singer, he's back. He's been out of the band for like ten, nine years or something like that. I don't think that's the first time, but he's back. They said they got a new album on the way, so that's cool. Bray Wyatt, also back in the WWE. He's got some sick new music his, himself. I thought that was pretty good. Let me do my crazy. Let me go crazy here. Let me do my crazy, crazy person things. I got to find some pictures. I always lose these things. I save them and then I don't know. Here's a good one. So I'm still partial to to things happening back in my home state of Pennsylvania. And in Pennsylvania, there is probably the worst race. Well, maybe not the worst, but pretty close for Senate. For the United States Senate. They're running, the Democrats have run John Fetterman and the Republicans have run Dr. Oz. (sighs) Pretty bad, pretty bad choices. I mean, Dr. Oz may or may not even live in the fucking state. He sucks. He's the worst. Like, he's just a... I mean, come on. But this other dude, John Fetterman, he, like, had a stroke. And, like, poor guy. Like, wish him well. But, like, he's having to talk. Like, he has to read. Like, he has to get a thing that reads him. Like, closed captions. What people say to him. It's like, holy shit. And some idiot. Ian Milheiser tweeted, have any reporters who suggested that disabled people shouldn't serve in the Senate apologize? Like, come on. A, that's not what anyone means. But God forbid, God forbid, the people who run this country and make decisions on policies for this country and the citizens of this country, God forbid they have all their fucking wits about them and are physically and mentally at the peak of their game. It's bad enough that half of them are fucking dinosaurs. Like, can't we find better people to run? Both sides. Both sides. Aren't there better people in this country to run for office? Better than John Fetterman? Better than Dr. Oz? 
Better than Herschel Walker in Georgia and Dr. Ralph Warnock. Better than Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. Like, is this the best we got? It's not. It's not the best we got. But it's annoying. The only other thing I'm going to get really fired up about now. Where we got, got to find another picture. Here we go. Here it is. Hang on. Ha. Pfizer. Pfizer never claimed to have tested the impact of its COVID-19 vaccine on transmission, transmission ahead of its 2020 release, despite misleading claims that the company lied about this issue. Such studies were conducted after its rollout. Here are the facts. Here we go. They're going to fucking gaslight us. Get the vaccine. You won't spread it. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. It'll stop transmission. It'll stop you from getting sick. And then you won't spread it to everybody else. I remember that bullshit. I remember all that bullshit. Now we're going to act like it didn't happen. Now we're going to act like it didn't happen. Okay, fun things. Back to fun things. Tony Romo uh, qualified for the USAM 4-ball. I guess he's playing with a young kid. USAM 4-ball, cool tournament. Uh, Qualifiers all over the state. I've had some friends and family play in that. Uh, some really good players have played in it. My brother, when he was still good at golf, played it. Played in it. The year he played, there was like Bryson DeChambeau, Maverick McNeely. So good players play. Uh, you know, I forget who the guy he's playing with is. But they said Romo shot, they shot 63 and they said Romo shot 66 on his own ball. Balling out. Another person balling out. Freddie Couples shoots a 60 on Sunday to win a uh, a senior tour or champions tour or what PGA tour champions. What is it now? Event. He birdied the last five holes on the front nine to shoot 30 and then birdied the last seven holes on the back nine to shoot another 30 for a 60. Betters his age by three. Freddie's 63 and he shoots a 60. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. I believe in a thing called love. The song by the darkness, 19 years old this week. Ooh, Dots Pretzels. Somebody tweeted online about Dots Pretzels and whatever the illegal substance is that makes them so addictive. I don't know what it is either, but it's so delicious and it's so incredibly good. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. Roasted a chicken for the first time. Got a, you know, one of those standalone roaster ovens passed down to me. Busted that out. Roasted the chicken. Prepping for Thanksgiving. So had pretty much a Thanksgiving dinner. Chicken with stuffing and some green bean casserole. I believe I've been told I'm going to get three Thanksgiving dinners this year. And that is fantastic. Because there's people in this world. There are people in this world. And you probably shouldn't associate with them. They're bad for you. They're bad people. Who suggest that Thanksgiving dinner is not good. Or that it's overrated. And all I have to say to those people is shame. Shame on you. I'll eat Thanksgiving dinner over and over. It's awesome. Turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing, green bean casseroles, pies, pumpkin rolls. Tell me that's not good. Get out of here. Why don't we eat it all year? Because you just eat certain things certain times of year. Do you eat chili in the middle of summer? No. Hamburgers and hot dogs. More of a summer thing than a winter thing. Pasta salad, macaroni salad. Again, more of a summer thing. I love those. Things come and go in waves. Sometimes you just got to do it. Thanksgiving dinner is delicious. Don't let anyone lie to you about it. Other things that are delicious? Those little frozen store-bought sugar cookies? And they might even be better if they're just stay frozen. So, Well, I believe that's all I have for this week, so let's go close this thing up. Closing time, everybody. Closing time. Let's wrap this thing up and head for the hills. Thank you once again, everybody. Uh, much appreciated, as always. I can't begin to thank everybody enough for listening. We just passed over 2,000 plays so that, that's pretty cool. So I appreciate all, all you guys listening. I never would have dreamed I would have gotten 2,000 different plays on this, even over 40 episodes. So really cool, really cool. Next week, we'll be back, as always. A lot of good stuff coming. You know, NFL, college football still rolling, baseball playoffs, UFC, there's some boxing. Uh, I don't think there's any boxing next weekend. 
But UFC 280, big UFC event we're going to talk about. So, you know, I, I love all you guys. Appreciate all the support. Hopefully we get a, another weekend of sports like we got this week. Like I've said, I can't imagine not loving sports and not just, you know, watching it and enjoying the hell out of the great, you know, Saturday. Like I said, great sports day, all-time sports day. So hopefully get another one of them coming up. So we'll be back next week. Till then, peace.